Okay, it's Deborah with uh, Adulting and Afraid. I'm super excited to be here. I have conned Torian to coming and recording with me. Um, I have some hard questions for him. And as I've recorded some of these uh, episodes, I have given a lot of credit tips. I have given you, like, get out of your mom's basement, pay some rent, get your responsibilities in check, and let's get going. And my poor children, I feel so bad for them because I've scared them to death when it comes to credit. And I keep telling Tori, you want to record a podcast with me? You want to record a podcast with me? No way. No, not going to happen. <laughs> and look at where he's at. So right now, if you've, if you've joined me with any of my podcasts, it has come down to kind of a reiteration of what we've learned. And I thought it'd be really fun to pick on my own child kind of call myself out just a little bit as to whether or not I was a really good mom or not. Okay. So here's our golden question. We've learned a little bit about credit on our podcast. Tori, what's your definition of credit? Uh, it's like a grading report, uh, from the far from, from the bureaus on how great you are at returning, you know, uh, your, your money back to people and at what rate. And if you're really good at managing that money and, uh, really how just how good you are with your management and if you're on time if you're punctual and you can meet deadline i i think that's a win i think that's a win that's <laughs> a win in the mom book that i taught him a little bit all right so have you established credit uh yeah yeah i started uh with a secure credit card uh when i was 18 um i'm 21 now and so the first about six months, it was a secured line, and it was basically fronted by my own money. And then after that six months, they basically gave me freedom, and I kind of did what I wanted uh, within reason. Obviously, I tried to keep it within my means that I could actually handle the, the amount of money that was going through that credit card. Okay, so when you said I keep it within my means, explain that just a little bit because like, I have this proud mom moment going on right now. I'm super excited. So when you say I keep it within my means, what does that mean to you? Uh, so at the time, my credit, line of credit was $500 uh, max and I wasn't making enough. Like I was making enough money to make myself you know, feel successful, but I wasn't making enough that I could go run up $500 and be able to pay it all the way off that month. So uh, a wise woman told me once that uh, if you can pay for that item with your debit card, then you can use it for your credit card. Um, so that way you're not, you're actually using your own money, but you're actually getting kind of maybe a kickback from that credit card company. Because um, the credit card I have now is it's gives me 1.5% back on every purchase. So I'm kind of in a way making money off my money um, by spending money. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what is your what is your biggest fear when it comes to having a credit card? Do you have do you have a fear you can share? Um there I don't know. I I have a very I don't know. I'm I'm scared of like that deadline cuz uh every month obviously you have a statement that comes out and I'm always worried uh if I'm more than 10% on that card, I know I'm going to, it just not, my credit score is not going to look pretty. Um, for a little bit of time, it's going to take a little bit of a hit, but it also helps that I get on every single day and make sure my cards <laughs> in a spot that I like it to be. If it's, uh. if it's too high, then obviously I, I look at my bank account and be like, all right, can I, 
what was I doing with my spending? Am I okay to pay this off to where it's supposed to be so I can relieve some stress? Because it makes me stressful to have a, a balance on my credit card. I, I think that's really awesome. I mean, it's, it's not good to be stressed financially because it's not, that's not a good financial stress is probably, I think, worse stress than any stress. But it's like a healthy stress because you're, you're stressed about something because you're trying to be responsible and you're trying to do the right thing when it comes to building your credit report. Okay, so I have to, I have to just brag just a little bit on Tori. Uh, he actually went and bought a truck. And with installment loans, we've, we've told him, make sure you keep that open for at least 12 months because that's, you've got to have that installment loan on your credit report and actually have it hit that credit report enough times that it shows that you can handle that payment. So when you went to the bank, we were prepped that we were going to have to co-sign me as a mom, dad was going to potentially have to co-sign. But what did you find out? Uh, I got in there and they said, wow, you make enough money and you're, you're, you've had a line of credit for long enough that you qualify on your own. So you don't need to actually have a co-signer for this. And I was pretty impressed. I, it kind of threw me off. I was like, okay, well, I was, I was fine to have a co-signer on it, but it all worked out. And, and we were prepped. We were prepped to co-sign because when you're, when you're first starting out credit, you, you have, you're at the ground. You don't have any way to prove that you can handle making that payment. So the plan was from a parent standpoint, I was, I was just anticipating that. And I, I was pretty proud. We've had different experiences with our boys when they've gone and got credit lines. We've had to co-sign with some and co-sign and not co-sign with others. And so it, it was pretty cool for him. And, uh, I think the credit line, the revolving credit line teaches you an incredible responsibility multiple ways. So you've got a monthly payment you're required to pay interest that'll tack on if you, if you choose to not pay it off, but are you, are you a good, I mean, you're on camera right now. Are you a good child and you pay that off yeah. every time? I've not, I'm not paid interest on my credit card ever. I, it always, I look at it and it was, I can't remember a couple months ago uh, when my statement came it was like, here's the minimum you pay, but it's going to take you, it was almost felt like a year to pay that off, off of, it didn't seem like I really had that much on the card. So it just showed me right there. I was like, I don't want to make the minimum payment. I want to actually just pay it off to where it's supposed to be. Did you remember when you looked at that statement, did you remember how much interest you would pay? Does that, do you recall that at all? It was somewhere in the twenties and it was ridiculous. But like the dollar amount, if you oh, took no. that full amount. I, I don't know what it would be on that small of a dollar amount because it was what five eight hundred bucks or something mm -hmm. that you can that you can borrow, but it's it's a probably a couple hundred dollars worth of interest that you would be charged just by making that minimum payment. So good on you for for just taking that money out of your bank account. And do you feel like um, when you are swiping that credit card, have you got your mindset trained to the point that it's a I swipe this credit card the money's out of my banking account. Have you got that mentality yet? Uh, a little bit. A lot of what happens is, uh, and I look, I look at the bank and kind of tell myself how much I can spend that month, uh, that month. But I take a portion of that out and put it into savings already. And so I limit myself on how much I really can spend on that card. Um, so when I go over that limit or get close to the limit, I just know I, I have to wait for the next paycheck to come in order for me to to buy that set item I want to get. Okay, so you, you've you learned to budget money a little? I would say a little bit. A I, little bit. I'm really bad at it still. 
I mean, I, I definitely, my girl that looks cool, let's just go buy it kind of a thing, but it's, it's way less now that I'm paying attention to it more. Well, then the thing about it is there's a point that you are a young adult, you're not married yet, and you have the ability to be a little bit free with your finances. And I'm not saying be, be dumb because you know, being a free spender is not necessarily dumb as long as you've put that into some sort of a game plan going forward that you're not just blowing all your money and you have nothing left at the end of the month. You're putting money in savings. You've got a little bit of a nest egg. So it turns more into the ability to spend money rather than blowing money. Like you've got a couple hundred dollars extra a month that you can just go do whatever you want. It's you're a long ways from financial freedom because you haven't bought a home and you don't own your car outright and some of those things. But the feeling of being able to spend freely, I think, does that give you some sort of a drive to line yourself up in the right financial direction? So when you've bought your, you know, you buy your time, 30 year mortgage, that kind of stuff is over. Maybe when you're in your fifties, late fifties, you can just spend money because you've put in your time. Does that, does it give you an incentive to put yourself on the right financial path going forward? Yeah. Uh, I, I would say so. Cause I have a big goal of wanting to get into the real estate world. And so if it gives me the ability to save up for that down payment on my first house and I can keep rolling that money in to make another down payment on a different house, I mean, just keep it rolling and keep that money going to the savings account to, get that down payment in. I mean, ultimately at the end of the day, I'll be making a lot more money off that initial little bit of money that I'm putting in the savings. So on some of your free willy nilly spending, have you ever had buyer remorse with anything that you've bought? Even if it's super small and like the damage was already done, you already swiped the card, you already went too far and you can't return it. Have you had to experience that just a little bit thinking, Ooh, I should have thought about that just a little bit before I bought it. Um, yeah, there's random accessories that I want to get for my truck and other things. And I'm just like, oh, you know, let's just get it now. And then I look at it and I'm like, I could have waited a little bit more time before I pulled the trigger on that and maybe did a little more research on what I got because there may have been something better out there for a better price. And I just was more so just like in the moment, I just was like, oh, I need that right now. But in, in hindsight, I really didn't need it right now because it's still just sitting there doing nothing for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. So part of that is a little bit of a learning curve that you've got to have that patience comes and you have the money to just go spend it and buy it. And that's fine. You, there is no repercussions other than you just took money out of your bank account, but taking those life lessons that you've got of, even if it is a $20 part for your truck or $50 or whatever it ends up being, taking those experiences and thinking, man, if I had to just pause for just a minute or stretch that over a couple of paychecks or whatever, $10 here, $10 there, and saved up a little bit differently. Um, that's, that's a good life lesson to think about in regards to making sure you slow down, really think through your purchases, $20 here, $20 there, probably not a big deal, but it sets a precedence for that brand new car, that brand new truck, that brand new sled that I've got to have the best, the biggest, and, and I've got to have it now. Mm -hmm. It helps your mind see it's okay to be patient and wait. It's okay for that to be a little bit more time before I have that right now. I, I think that's a good mentality. Is that hard? Do you think that's hard for, oh. the, for you to learn that? Oh yeah, big time. Cause I was dead set. Uh, 
after the crazy snowstorm that we had last year, I was dead set of going to buy a, a new snow machine. And I was like, I'm just going to go buy it, snow check it. I want, the, <laughs> I want that brand new sled. $25,000 yeah, later. <laughs> yeah, no way. And I sat there and I was like, you know, I could do it. And then I, at the time I had a different car and I was like, yeah, but I'm tired of the car I'm driving. I want something that I want to choose to drive. So I ended up selling that. And I was like, perfect, now I got money, I can go put it down on a new snow machine. But didn't really cue in there, if I buy a new snow machine, what am I gonna get to the mountains with? I don't have a vehicle to get there. <laughs> and so I had to really uh, be patient and realize that today's not the day to buy a new snow machine, today's the day to maybe buy a, a vehicle that can get me to and from work and the other things I wanna go do, rather than go play in the mountains. So shout out to you, and I guess as, as a listener group on this is how long, when you had your, your car sell and you had your money sitting in your savings account, kind of burning a hole in that savings account because you wanted to buy something, snowmobile vehicle, how long did it take you to actually dive in and purchase that vehicle? Uh, so I sold that car, I think it was like May or June um, of last year. And I ended up buying the truck in that truck in December. So it was a solid, you know, six months, five to six months that I just sat on the money. And I was really happy because I liked my bank account. I was like, <laughs> wow, that's a, I like that kind of money in my bank account. But then I realized that that was a down payment for a vehicle. So I, I knew I really didn't have access to a few, I don't know, it was about 10 grand. I didn't have access to. So I, I already counted that out and all the time I was, doing the mathematic stuff for financial, you know, my saving stuff. And I knew that 10 grand was useless to me because that was ultimately tied to a vehicle at some point. And I, I think that your decision that you made to purchase what you did came with a lot of thinking because we went from, do I buy a car? Do I buy a truck? Should I buy a truck? Should I buy a car? What should I buy? Should I buy this car? Should I buy that car? We test drove a whole bunch of cars and you just couldn't yeah. settle. And I think sometimes in society we have to have it now and we're not pausing for just a minute and thinking a little bit further forward. You know, we had the conversation about gas mileage. Wherever we go, we have to drive. We have very little things that are really close to our home. So we're a good anywhere from 15 to 30 minute drive to get to major grocery stores, Walmart, anything really. We mm -hmm. have a couple of gas stations around us. So gas mileage is a big thing for us. And and then road conditions also is, okay, we have this car that has amazing gas mileage, but is it going to be safe on the road conditions? So being able to pause for just a minute and not get that urgency that I have to have something right now is a huge, huge learning thing. And, and so advice to people that are at your age, cause you're what? 20, what? 21. 21. I knew that in case anybody was wondering, I just want to make sure if he knew that seriously. Anyway, so other 18 to say 24 year olds that haven't learned that just chill just a little bit. What, what, what do you say to that? Um, I think the biggest thing is just be patient. Uh, I know I definitely, at times I was dead set. I was going to buy at the time I was like, I'm going to buy this sweet looking civic cause it was new and brand new off the lot. I loved it. But then I got into it and I've always grown up driving a truck and that's just kind of my thing is I just want to drive a truck. Um, and so I never really was sold that I was going to buy that car because I knew 
I wasn't going to be happy with it. And so if I would have just pulled the trigger right then and there and said, yep, I'm buying it right now, there would have been a lot more buyer's remorse of, hey, I probably should have bought that, that car because now I'm really not that happy with it. And just be patient. That's the biggest thing. Can you see that camera? <laughs> this is a pretty fancy camera. You, I fixed it. I, I'm a pretty big deal. I can fix a camera without even touching it. It's like, what the heck is that doing? Um, side note, if you know me, I'm, I'm a bad squirrel. See, why is it moving? I'm, I'm just going to move this way. Does that help us? Yeah. Okay. All right. You're welcome for that. Okay. So in the buyer's remorse thing, um, I guess my advice that I would say to our listeners is you just got to pause for just a minute. You really just have to pause and you have to really think through and something that, and, and this isn't going to help everybody, but this is a little bit of a, uh, advice, I guess, from my standpoint is when you have a big purchase, what, whether it's big, like a house or big, like a car or big, like accessories to your, to your truck, big is defined differently. Sleep on it. Take a couple of days. It doesn't have to be months and months, but just pause for just a minute and make sure, do you absolutely have to have that? Is that going to be a gain to you? Is that going to help you, um, in the long run and just take advantage of a little bit of time and just making sure that that purchase is, is the right purchase. So advice for your friends that are your age is basically just slow down, make some decisions in the setting up of your credit. When you did your secured credit card, would you have done anything different on that? Uh, no, because it set me up uh, a lot faster uh, for future wise. Um, because I mean, the sooner you're in there, the, the, the longer you have that line of credit, the deeper that line of credit is. And so that shows to people that are trying to, you know, maybe if you're finding a rent somewhere or anything like that, that, that proves people to people that you can pay stuff back on a timely manner. Um, and so it gives me the ability or anybody really the ability to just have that depth to show that they, they truly can pay something back and they're timely with their money and they can really budget. And that's the big thing that I know I have friends that are, they're, they're pretty tight with their financial stuff and they, uh, they're always like, Oh, I can't do that cause I don't have money. But in all reality, if they would just slow down at the beginning of the month when they first get that check or whenever, you know, whenever, whenever you get paid and just realize, you know what, I need to really buckle down and budget realistically have money so I can throw it into savings for a rainy day because rainy days do happen and you, you know, everyone's got to have a vehicle. Everyone's got to have, you know, groceries, you got to have food. So sometimes you got to have a rainy day and you have to have money to back that up. Yeah. And I, you know, what came to my mind as you were saying this, you had a really good friend that recently bought a home and was able to bringing his own down payment. And we've actually done, uh, a couple of your friends have done some financing and been able to buy homes. And I, man, I'm just so proud of these young kids that are just jumping in and, and being a part of this. And, and so much of it comes from just being fiscally responsible, just being financially prepared for those rainy days, for those future purchases and, and just being willing to slow down just a little bit. I, I commend you big time. Having the mother that he has uh, is probably not the easiest thing, but my, my boys are 
um, they are going to be financially savvy because I have been able to teach them because I've seen so much lack of education out in the market. And I would just task you that are listening to this, that being financially smart and choosing to not go out with the friends doesn't make you not cool. It, it doesn't make you not fit in. It, it makes you an adult. And I think that as you can build a savings account, you can choose to go do those various activities because you financially have prepared for it, whether it's a trip to the Bahamas, to Mexico, to the grocery store, whatever it is. If you have financially prepared, then there's, there's nothing to fear. Everything's good that way. When you're, when you're in debt, you have a car payment, a truck payment, credit cards, and things like that. You are bound. You are bound to your paychecks. And it, it, it is a little bit, well, I have to go to work today because yeah. I have to make that truck payment. And it does teach you a little bit of responsibility, but it also teaches you the importance of living within your budget and being smart with, I don't have to have that $70,000 truck. I'm okay with my $30,000 truck or my $15,000 truck or whatever is, is going to get you around the easiest. Um, I, I think, you know, any great more words of wisdom other than this camera thing is, oh, look at that. It's getting better. <laughs> I'm not moving. Uh, I think still the biggest thing is when it comes to your financial stuff, be patient and realize that uh, it costs money to live. And so you have to be pretty, in a way, um, when you're first starting out, you have to be pretty frugal with your money. Because I know plenty of people, they don't start off with a, you know, not salary at six figures a year. You're, you know, you're dollars $30,000 a year. So you got to be pretty, pretty tight with your budget and, and realize, you know, your first few years that you're getting out on your feet that you have to realize that you have to budget and you have to be pretty tight. It doesn't matter if you, even if you have that job that makes you six figures a year, um, you still have to budget your money. Yeah. I know of plenty of kids that they make a ridiculous amount of money. I know they're up there in the, you know, six and a couple of them are even in seven digits. Like I've, I know a couple of kids that this last year they made over a million dollars, but they still have to budget their money. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah. And the sad thing about it is people that are that age that make that kind of money that haven't really been taught how to take care of their money have probably nothing to show for it. There are some, there are some that we, we can definitely say, yeah, they've, they've done awesome. Well, I think that that was awesome. Any last bits of advice? No, just don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. So, uh, as we leave you, I have my, my good little adulting kid right here that I've been able to really be a part of his, uh, his learning, but so much of it is a choice that you have to make as well. So I can teach anybody under the sun, every bit of knowledge that I possibly could teach, but you still have your agency to do whatever you want to do. So I'm just telling you, if you'll follow in this guy's footsteps and actually do the advice of budgeting, waiting, being patient, putting money in savings and all that fun stuff, you'll be able to, you know, go out and be an adult and not be afraid. (music) 